0: here this morning it's a little chilly in here in that are y'all are y'all okay Every, okay listen if you came here don't, don't keep social distancing if you don't know the person but if you came here with somebody feel free to snuggle if you need to okay stay warm okay but Don't use that as an opportunity to go to somebody you don't know, okay? But anyway, um, I am so glad that you're here this morning, and everybody online, I see that we have a lot of people joining us online today, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Um, Do me a favor, go and get the Ridge app, and go ahead and open that up so that you can follow along with us, okay? Because today, today, y'all, is going to be a great day. All right, I am so excited about today's message. We are launching into a brand new series today that we're going to go through for the next three weeks as we move into a new year. And it's all going to be about how we focus and what our focus should be in this new year. Now, I know that I just got through a series about moving into the new year, but that series that we did online the past two Sundays was all about temptations. And it was, it was all about those struggles that we faced last year and not taking those into the new years, breaking out of those struggles. Today, what I want to do is something a little bit different. I want to go into this series called Breakout. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to get out of, break out of the funk that we were in in 2020. And we are going to try to remain positive As we move into this new year, okay, we're we're gonna focus on how to break out of the negativity that just wanted to pull us down and plague us last year, and honestly, that we're kind of holding on to right now. And we're gonna be optimistic as we move into a fresh new beginning. Does that sound good? I I think that we need it. And y'all, with everything that happened last week and everything that's still going on today and in our nation and the divide and the problems and the hostility and the pandemic and everything. Listen, listen. I still think God has good plans. He is still God. He is still king. He is still good. So he, here's the deal. I'm going to remain optimistic, and I want you to join me with it. I'm going to remain optimistic as we move into this new year, and I want to see what God can do. And, and if I can be really honest right now, I really need this message, okay? I, I, sometimes, you know, it's not y'all that I'm preaching to. It's, it's me. I'm preaching to myself. I really need this series Because it's amazing to me how quickly I can become negative and how I can just keep focusing on the bad in life. And you know what? I can pass the buck and say, you know what? That's not really my fault that I remain negative. And it may not even be your fault that you have all this negativity because it's everywhere, right? It's pervasive. It's all around us. I would say that we don't just have a pandemic where the sickness is spreading, but y'all, we have a pandemic in that the negativity is spreading like wildfire. So with all that being said, personally, I want to change. Like I want to make a change. And I want to break out of the slump that I've been in, okay? And I want Christ to renew my mind so that I can be more positive about what he can and wants to accomplish in this new year. So here's what we're going to do, okay? Let me tell you where we're going to go over the next couple of weeks. Each week we're going to look at a different biblical quality, okay? That will help us have a more uh, more of a breakout kind of year, okay? We're going to let God's word transform our lives so that we can have a more empowering 2021, okay? And today what I want to do is I want to focus on how to remain optimistic. Okay, remaining optimistic. So do me a favor right now, and for those of you that are at home, you can play along with us. I want you to turn to your neighbor, turn to the person that's sitting right next to you and say, I don't know about you, but I'm optimistic about this year. Tell them, tell them right now, name it and claim it, okay, at home. Tell them, okay? All right, we're going to believe in this. I'm remaining optimistic. I'm saying it out loud. I'm going to put those words into action. Now, if you're sitting next to a couple of people, turn to the person that you didn't talk to and say, I'm sorry I didn't choose you, okay? Turn, tell them. I'm sorry, but remain optimistic. Tell them, be optimistic. I still like you, okay? It's okay. I'll choose you next time. Anyway, anyway, it's amazing how sometimes we need to say it, right? We just need to vocalize it. I'm going to be optimistic because some of us are naturally more optimistic while others of us are naturally more pessimistic. Okay, for example, let me show you this verse right here. Okay, this comes from Psalm uh, 23, verse 5, and it's amazing how two different people can read this verse in different ways, okay? For example, an optimist will read this verse and say, my cup overflows. And this is a great verse, and they'll say, you know what, my life is full of God's blessing. While a pessimist will look at this verse and say, my cup overflows, sounds like it's going to be messy, (laughs) right? It's, It's just... It's a different way. And how many of y'all would say, I tend to lean a little bit more, especially right now, towards the negative? Let me see. Raise of hands. Yes, it's okay. I think we're all there in some way, shape, or form right now with everything going on. We tend to focus on the cup being half empty and not half full. And honestly, if there's ever been a time that we've been more negative and critical, it's right now. And the reality is is that there is a lot going on in the world, okay? No doubt about it, no doubt about it, okay? I was amazed, Um, went away for five days on vacation, just got back, and it's amazing what happened in the five days while I was gone. Um, It's crazy how quickly things can turn. And when it comes to these negative things that happen around us, you know, as Christians, we're not called to ignore it. Okay, we're not called to just stick our head in the sand and pretend like nothing's wrong. We have to acknowledge the pain and the suffering that's going on, of course. But but also, as Christian believers, we have to acknowledge the good and what God is still accomplishing and what God can do. You know, I, I did a series a little while back on transforming our minds about six months ago, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm kind of like Returning to this topic again because I feel like we need this. But I said back then, and I'll remind you today that you know, you often find what you're looking for right there's a big difference and i used this illustration a while back as far as hummingbirds and vultures right hummingbirds find honey because that's what they're searching for right and vultures what do they find they find dead things right because that's what they're looking for so what do you want to be in life do you want to be a hummingbird or do you want to be a vulture and the reason that i bring that up again is because y'all this is actually scriptural okay in fact solomon king solomon he says this in the book of proverbs he says whoever looks for good will find what? They'll find kindness. If you're looking for it, you'll find it. But whoever looks for evil, what are they going to find? They're going to find trouble. And you know what? That's so many of us right now. It's, It's so interesting because we are only one week into 2021, and we're already so negative about it. We already feel like it's messed up. And you know what? It's easy to dread the future. But we're going to remain positive. We're going to remain optimistic about what God can and wants to do in our lives. So here's a little bit of advice. Okay, here's what you can do. If you tend to be the type of person that, that, that's more focused on the negative or leans that way, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fight with everything that we have, we're gonna to fight to have an attitude of faith. We're gonna fight for our faith. If you find yourself right now leaning more towards the negative in your life, here's what you can do. You can feed your faith and starve the fear. Okay, feed your faith and starve the fear. Feed your belief and starve the negativity. Why? It's because whatever you feed grows in life, right? Whatever you feed grows. Whatever you starve tends to die out. We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I just want to remind you again, as we move into this new year, what we need to do is we need to feed ourselves with the things that are going to lift us up and not bring us down. So don't, don't keep feeding yourself with all that negativity, I'm not saying that you got to hide your head in the sand either and ignore it, but what I'm saying is you don't have to just dwell on it all the time. Maybe instead, maybe instead we ought to be filling ourselves with more of God's Spirit, more of those things that tend to grow and strengthen our faith. Maybe, just maybe now is the best time to dive into and feed ourselves on the Word of God. To feed ourselves on Scripture. You know why? That's a good place. In fact, that's one of the best places to grow your faith right there. Is to stop looking at everything else so much. Stop feeding yourself of all that social media, all those other things, and start feeding yourself more on the Word of God. It's so important, y'all. It's so important to be grounded in Scripture. I cannot tell you how important that is. And now is a good time for us to be reminded of that as we move into a new year. So here's what I want to do. I want to focus on some Scripture this morning. And here's why that's important is because my optimism for the new year, my optimism about what's ahead of us, my optimism about what God can do for us, it's not based on how I feel. It's not based on what I see. Because you know what? What I see changes every day. How I feel changes every day. I don't feel the same today as I did yesterday or last week. My feelings go up and down. But you know what? Scripture, God's word, stays the same. It always has. It is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It will never change. So my optimism doesn't come based on what I feel in the moment. My optimism comes based on the truth of who God is and what his word says and the promises that he makes for those that believe in his son, Jesus Christ. So you know what? As I talk about remaining um, optimistic about what's ahead this year, what I want to do this morning is I want to focus on some pieces of Scripture, and I want to focus primarily on Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is one of the best chapters in the entire book of the Bible, okay? Well, we could do a whole series just on Romans 8 and the truth and the goodness of what we find about God in that chapter. And today, what I want to do is I want to focus on a few things in this chapter, Okay. And what, uh, the points that I have, y- y'all, I just want you to, are y'all comfortable? Okay, I need you to get comfortable, because we got eight points to get through this morning, okay? Eight things from chapter eight. Now, I found 25 things, okay? Whoa. <laughs> T's excited. Somebody's excited out right there about that. But I narrowed it down to eight, okay? So remain optimistic, all right? We're going to be optimistic, okay? Just eight things instead of plus eight from chapter eight sounds better anyway. So anyway, all right, so here we go. We're going to look at chapter eight today about why we should remain optimistic no matter what's going on in the world around it. We're going to feed ourselves from the truth of God's word. And let me set this up because Romans 8, of course, comes right after Romans 7. In Romans 7, we find a particular piece of scripture that I talk about a lot. It's one of those where Paul is struggling Okay, Paul is struggling in his faith. He's struggling with something that he's done. He's struggling with something that just continues to plague him. And he just can't seem to get past it. And he is just, he, he's voicing his concern about it. And he's saying in chapter 7, you can go back and read 7 and 8. In fact, I would, I would just encourage you all to do that. Those of you online, after the service is over, maybe read chapter 7 and 8 and link those two together. But in 7, he, he kind of dives into this idea of doing what he shouldn't be doing and he doesn't understand why. He's like, I want to move forward. I want to move ahead. I want God to do good things, but I'm stuck. And I don't understand why I keep doing the things I don't want to do. And this is a struggle that we all have. This is a struggle that every single one of us can relate to, right? So in seven, he's just bringing this up. He's being real. He's being open. He's being honest. He's like, I don't understand why I can't get my act together. But then something happens in Romans 8. After he gets through at the, at the end of chapter seven and end of chapter eight, he kind of flips the script and he begins to get more optimistic about the future, about what God has planned for him next. So what I wanted to do today is I want to see what does Paul choose to focus on in chapter 8. And you know what? If it worked for him and kind of changed his attitude and helped him remain optimistic, even though he was struggling, even though chapter 7 was problematic, he's got hope in chapter 8. Maybe that will also give us hope. Because even though 2020 was problematic, and even though we got our past and problems, we've got a bright future. So maybe those things are the things that we need to concentrate on, and it will give us some hope as well. So here we go. Point number one. Eight reasons from chapter eight. If you got your message notes open it in the app, we're going to uh, fill in a few words. Those of you online, you can follow along, okay? Um, eight reasons from chapter eight. Number one is this My sins are forgiven, okay? I want you to look, and y'all are going to have to go. We're going to go through these quickly. So I'm going, to, I'm going to say those. I'm going to hit that point, and then I'm going to go straight into the scripture, okay? So my sins are forgiven. Here we go. Here's a piece of scripture. This is a beautiful piece of Scripture in chapter 8, and we're just going to jump all over chapter 8. Paul says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Just pause right there. There is now no condemnation, okay? That means, that means there's no judgment, there's no separation from God, there is no penalty, okay? And this is for those people, this is only for those people that have accepted Jesus Christ into their lives. There is now no separation from God. Okay, so Paul keeps going. He says, and because you belong to him, because you belong to God, because you belong to Jesus, the power of the life-giving spirit that Jesus provides, he has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So Paul's like, because you've accepted Christ, right? His power to forgive you is greater than the sin that plagues you. Okay, he is able to take you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how dirty you are, he can clean you up so that you can stand in the presence of a holy God. Jesus Christ rose again so that we could be made new. And you know what? Remembering that helps me remain optimistic to know that no matter what happened in life, right? To know no matter what happened last year, that just wants to mess with me and hold me down, to know that I'm forgiven and that I can move forward. Now, here's the reason I bring that up, is because a lot of the times, the reasons, one of the main reasons we've remained pessimistic is because of the past things that we've done, the past ways we've messed up, and we have a hard time letting it go. We have a hard time putting those past things behind us. And because of that, what it does is it tends to shape what we feel about ourselves and what we feel about the future. And you know what? Don't you think Paul was there? Don't you think Paul felt that? In chapter 7 when he's like, why can't I do what I want to do? Man, I want to do the right thing, but I just feel like I can't. I keep messing up. Paul was there. And then he changes and he's like, I know I've messed up, but, but, that's in the past. I've got a clean slate moving into the future. And that gave him reason to be optimistic. All right, point number two. I told you I was gonna go fast. Here we go. Jesus intercedes for me. Jesus intercedes for me. Now, what does that mean? In verse 34, it says this it says, Who will condemn us? No one can condemn us. For Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And check this, out. check this out. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. What is he doing? He is pleading for us. This is such a great verse because this means that Jesus is on your side. So once you accept Jesus in your life, here's what happens. Jesus is sitting on the throne next to God. He is pleading for you. He is praying for you. He is interceding to God on your behalf. Isn't it cool when somebody steps in the gap for you? Isn't it cool when someone intercedes for you? I don't know if I told y'all this a while back or not, but um, I have a a friend, Chaplain Randall, um, who has um, been to preach here a couple of times. And I don't know if y'all know this or not, but he's he's also a chaplain for a major league baseball team. And so he got me tickets and he got me onto the field and I was down there for batting practice, and, you know, he brought me in, and he was just like, this guy's with me, this guy's with me, this guy, all the way down, the, until I was, like, right behind third baseman Austin Riley, and I was like, his back was to me, and I was like, I just want to touch him. You know, I get starstruck pretty easy, I don't know if y'all are like that, but I'm like, ah, and then he turned around, and I'm like, what's up, dude, you know, but, but I was all the way down there, it was so cool, right, it, It's amazing what happens when we remember that Jesus is sitting next to God, and he's like leaning over to God, the Father, and he's like, you know, this one's with me. He's with me. Let me tell you about this one. Let me tell you. And not only that, but Jesus knows what we need because he's been through it all. He knows exactly what it's like to live and to walk on this earth because he's been here and he's leaning next to God and he's on your side. And just like Chaplain Randall got me all the way down to home plate, Jesus takes us all the way up to the throne of God. How great is that? I'm optimistic right now because Jesus is sitting right beside God. He knows about me. He knows about you. And he's leaning into God on your behalf telling God exactly what you need. And when I remember that, man, it gives me so much hope for the future. Point number three, point number three. My future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my present pain. And I can remain optimistic because I I need to remember that my victory is secure in Christ. That whatever's happening in life, right, that God is doing something to sharpen me and conform me, more into the image of Jesus so that I'm better prepared for eternity one day. Look at verse 18, it says this. It says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. The suffering that we're going through right now is nothing compared to what will be revealed to us in eternity, whatever awaits us in the future. And some of us look at verses like this and we're like, yeah, but that's Paul. Okay, Paul writes this. Biblical characters are just different, right? They got a different outlook on life in general. They can't possibly understand what we're going through because that was 2,000 years ago. And you know what? You're probably right. Paul can't relate to us. And you know why? Paul had it way worse than we do. He did. He, He had it way worse. I mean, this guy was, he was beaten He was shipwrecked, he was whipped. In fact, he was beaten so bad one time, they thought they had killed him. On different occasions. They left him outside, and they were all surrounding Paul, and they were like, whoops, looked like we went too far. And they all walked away, thinking that they had killed him and just left him to die. And he got up, and he walked away. And then as if everything wasn't bad enough, he gets bitten by a snake. He gets bit my boys in a snake later. So anyway, Paul has had a lot happen. And what he writes is that these present sufferings, everything that I've had to go through, I just keep reminding myself that nothing compares to what glory will be when I'm standing in front of Jesus one day. So you know what? I don't know what personally you've had to struggle with this past year. And I don't know online. I don't know what you've had to struggle with this past year. And we've all had to struggle with something. Right, And I'm not trying to belittle those things because I know that they were important and I know that they're a big deal. But what Paul is getting at and what we need to be reminded of is that I can remain positive because I know that God has better things in store for those who believe in him. And not just for eternity, but what we're gonna find out is even in our future, right here, right now on this earth. So I'm gonna remain positive Because my future victory is secure in Jesus Christ. Number four. Number four is this. My mind is filled with the peace of God. I can remain optimistic because I, with Jesus Christ, I can have a peace that no one else can understand. Romans 8, 6, it says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to what? Death, okay? Letting the sinful nature, all that negativity, it just only leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind, those good things that come from God, it leads to a life of grace Yes, a life of, of, of peace. So this means that those of us who are followers of Christ, okay, going into this new year, we don't have to be dominated by the negativity that just wants to hold us down. Gosh, and it's everywhere. And it does want to control us. In fact, I see how many people that negativity is just controlling. When I, Every time I look on Facebook, I'm trying to stay away from Facebook just trying to stay away from it. All I see is negative posts from people. What I want is I want my mind to be renewed and transformed by the goodness of Christ. And the more we take in God's word, the more we fill our mind with his truth, the more he'll remove that negative and those sinful thoughts that just want to run around and try to take us captive. When we allow that truth to take over in our mind, man, we start to see things from God's perspective. And that means that even in the worst situation, we can find, like I said earlier, we can find this supernatural peace that just goes beyond understanding. It's like, I don't know where that peace comes. I can't explain it to you. It's just there. And it's because I'm choosing, I'm choosing to allow Christ to renew my mind. I'm choosing to focus and feed my mind with the truth of who God is and what his word says. You know, this is a big deal for me because negative thoughts tend to run around in my mind all the time and I get so stressed out and I get so anxious. In fact, I, I worry so much that even if I don't have anything to worry about at night, I lay awake and worry that I'm not worried about something. I don't know if that ever happens to anybody. And if I am worried about something, I'll explain what I'm worried about to Shannon. And Shannon is so good. She, she's so good about keeping me calm and level. And she'll, she'll bring up the fact, she's like, well, has that ever happened before? And sometimes I'll say no, and sometimes I'll say yes, it has. And she'll, she'll remind me, well, what did God do? Was God not good? Was God not there? Did you not get through it? Well, yes, I did. <laughs> I made it through it. You know, in all my years... Sometimes I got to be reminded of the fact that God's never let me down. He never has. He's always been with me. And when I remember that and when I choose to focus on that, no matter what's happening this year, no matter what's next, I can be filled with the peace of God. Point number five. Point number five is this. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? Now, this is a good one. In fact, this one is so good that Paul says it twice in chapter 8 just to make it sink in. He says it once in verse 31. He says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Okay. And then again, he's like, just in case you didn't get the full picture, Okay, I want to make sure this sticks. He says this, who can accuse the people of God, the, the people that God has chosen? No one. No one can accuse us. So the truth is, is that you might feel like some people are against you right now. Okay, and maybe, just maybe, that's one of the reasons that you had a bad year last year on top of everything else. Maybe there was that person or maybe there was that group of people that were just a pain. And, and you know what? Truth is, this happens. Okay, people will criticize you. People may not like you. People will take shots of you. But the reality is, if God is for you, then what does it matter? I'm not saying you don't love them. I'm not saying you don't care for them. But you know what? If you're doing your best for God and God approves of us, then that's, that's where I want to be. And you know what? Here's another thing. As we move into 2021, as we take this new year, you know what? The more you live for Jesus, let me tell you, the more pushback you're going to get. It's just how it works, right? In fact, I'd almost venture to say that it's better to have a life with a little bit of pushback because then you know you're doing something right for Jesus in the world. Because when you live for Christ, when you claim him as Lord, when you're trying to live your best for his glory, the world doesn't like it. And people are gonna be against it. But again, what does it matter when Jesus is on your side? You know, uh, I, I, Used to love being a preacher's kid growing up, preacher's son. Preacher's kids get a little bit more privilege in church than other kids, I found out. Um, you know, nobody really wants to get on to a preacher's kid. I think it's somewhere written in the book of Hezekiah, somewhere in the Bible. But um, for instance, like whenever there was a potluck lunch or dinner, like I could always sneak into the kitchen and I could always grab the dessert. I could get first choice of dessert before anybody else. Because again, who wants to get on the preacher's kid? Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know if you're the preacher's kid and the preacher's for you, what church member can be against you, right? That's how, that's how I thought of it. Do you know, in, in the same way, even greater, if my heavenly father is for me, right? At, at the end of the day, if I can look back on my day and say, you know what, I did my best to live for his glory, to honor him, then you know what, I can remain optimistic because I know that if I'm doing my best for him, then he is gonna be for me. And if that's the case, then who can be against me? Point number six is this, point number six. God's spirit is with me. God's spirit is with me. I'm gonna be optimistic in the new year because God's spirit helps me in my weakness. Look at this verse in 25 um, through 26. It says this, if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Okay, let me stop right there for just a minute, because this is where some of you are living right now, okay? You are waiting patiently for God to do something all year last year, okay? In 2020, maybe you were waiting for God to do something, and he just does not felt like it's come through just yet, and you're still in that patiently waiting kind of moment. Look at the promise. Look at verse 26, okay? It says, and the Holy Spirit does what? Helps us in our Weakness. So that means whenever we're hurting, he is our comforter. Whenever we feel alone, the spirit is our friend. Whenever we feel weak, the spirit is strong. Whenever we are down, the spirit lifts us up. I can remain optimistic because I am never, ever, ever alone. In fact, this is exactly why Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be better for us that that is a better option than Jesus Christ being physically on this earth. Because while Jesus was on this earth, he was one person doing one thing in one place. But Jesus gathers his disciples, and he tells them, and he tells his church, he's like, listen, it's going to be better for you if I go away. Because when I go, I'm going to send a comforter who will be here and will be with everyone, everywhere, in every way possible. That's amazing when you think about it. So I can be optimistic about whatever is ahead because I know the Spirit doesn't leave me alone. I know the Spirit is with me. And he helps me in my weakness. We're almost at the end. We've got two more to go. Here we go. Point number seven. I can remain optimistic because God is working. Okay? Hear that today. I want you to know that no matter what's going on, God is still at work. This is one of the most famous Bible verses. This is the one I talk about all the time, Romans eight twenty-eight. It says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Okay, Listen, I want to focus on that word. If I could have you fill in a blank or circle a word, I'd have you circle that word everything. Let me tell you what this means in the Greek, okay? When you dive into this word and you begin to understand what this really means here, here I'm about to tell you, it means everything. It means everything, everything. All the bad stuff. All the good stuff, all the so-so stuff, all the stuff that you were glad that happened in life, all the stuff that you wish wouldn't have happened in life, all the things that are just driving you simply crazy right now, all those things God has under control. And guess what? It says that God is working. He is working, but here's the promise. He is working for good for those who are what? Who are called according to his purpose. So that means... That in order for this promise to be fulfilled, you've got to be working towards the purpose of God. You have to be united with him. You have to be following after Christ. This isn't a promise so much for people that aren't following Christ, okay? I hate to say that, but you know, that's a hope that other people without Christ don't have. I mean, I believe in prevenient grace. I believe that God is still graceful and he's still working But to what extent if people aren't giving their lives to him? How much can he fully do without full participation from us, without free will, right? But for those of us that are following after Christ, that are living after his purpose, here's the promise. That he is always working. And you know what? You can see this in your life. And sometimes, and this is how it works for me. I can't always see what God is doing in the moment. I am terrible at discernment when things are happening. I'm good at it once it's already passed and I can look back. And when I look back and I see, I'm able to see how God was piecing everything together. And in that terrible moment that I was going through, in that crazy situation where I didn't know what was happening, I can look back and see, you know what? God was still working. And you've seen this before in your life. And I want you to hold on to that promise today. Because it is weird, and it is hard right now. But even in the middle of all this craziness, God is working. You know, I think about, and I use this as an example because she's such just a powerful presence for our church, but Lexi McRae and the cancer treatments that she had to go through this past year and all that pain and, and difficulty that her family wished they could have taken away from her, but in the middle of all of that, God was working. And now on the other side of things, now that she's gone through everything and that she's come out and she is free of all that was plaguing her, now we look back and see all the good that God was doing. In fact, we brought a picture here of all the gifts that y'all gave that she was able to make an impact at the Children's Hospital of Atlanta and delivered all those gifts to all those cancer patients. You know, it's one of those things that, of course, her parents would have never wanted this for her. Would have given anything to take it away from her. But in the middle of all of it, God was still working. So I want that to comfort you. You know, some of you online, you just need to hear this this morning. Some of us, we need to feel this this morning. Because sometimes sometimes in life, you know, we can't always feel him. Sometimes we don't always see him at work in the world. And sometimes we don't actually know if he's even working or not. But faith, faith tells you he's here. Faith tells you to hold on and trust because he knows the beginning and he sees the end. And long before tomorrow happens or tomorrow starts or this next year, he's already through it. he already knows how it's going to work out. So I really hope that speaks to someone this morning to know that the very thing, the very thing that is crushing your heart right now may just be the one way that God wants to choose to show you just how faithful he really is. I can be optimistic because the promise that I have is that no matter what happens in this life, God never stops working. For those that are called according to his purpose. And then the last one, I say, I say the last one for best, okay? Let's talk about God's love. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing, okay? I really hope that you hear this today. Let me take you to another one of my favorite verses. It says this, can anything separate us from God's love? Let's start there. And then Paul runs through a couple of his examples of things that we might feel might separate us from God's love. And some of these feel like they might apply today. It says, does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? You know, it sounds a little bit like what we're going through right now that we read about in the news every day. Does the fact that we're facing death or disease or hunger, does that mean that God has turned his back on us? That God doesn't love us anymore? He ends it and he says, no, despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then, as if that's not enough, in this chapter, Paul can't leave it alone, okay? Because he knows, he knows that the negative things in this world, what they do is they weigh us down. And when the negative happens, what do we do? We often try to question our belief in God and is God really there and does he really love us, right? That's what happens, It messes with our feelings. And we start to question him and whether or not he really loves us or if he's turned his back on us. And Paul knows, man, this is how Satan is going to work his way into Christian believers' lives is when bad things happen, when tough times happen. In 2020, man, that was one of those times. And as we're beginning this year, man, that's one of those tough times that so many people are looking around going, where's God? Has he left us? Does he not love us anymore? So Paul knew that we would be there, so he says it again, okay? And he says it this way. He says, I am convinced. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And then he walks through some some things. He's like, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. That sounds like what we're living through right now. Not even the powers of hell itself can separate us from God's love. Nothing In all of creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that has been revealed through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's how he ends chapter eight. The final point he wants to make. So you know what? No matter what's going on, no matter where you go this next year, no matter what happens this next year, God is there. And God loves you. No matter what happens, no matter what you do next, no, no, no matter how difficult it becomes, this you cannot outrun God's love. You can't do anything that would cause Him to stop loving you, loving the creation that he has made. So let that give you comfort today, knowing that no matter what happened last year, no matter what happened last week even, it doesn't change how God feels about you. He loves you. He loves us. He loves this church. He loves the church universal. And nothing, nothing, that this world ever does, is ever going to change that. So you know what? I'm optimistic about this year. And I'm here to say, and I want you to join with me with this. I'm going to remain positive, okay? And it's not because I feel like it, okay? It's not based on what I feel. It's not based on what I see. It's not based on what I read in the posts. I'm going to remain positive because of what God's word says, because of the truth of who he is and the promises that he has for me. And when I read, y'all, just in one chapter, one chapter of his word, I find that my sins are forgiven. It says that my savior is sitting next to God himself, praying and interceding for me. It says my present sufferings, whatever we're going through right now, cannot begin to compare with what God has in store for us. It says that even when the world is messed up and I am freaking out, that I can be filled with the peace that only comes from God. It says that even though people may be against me, that God is always for me. It says that God will lift me and give me strength by his spirit even in my weakness. It says that God can work anything for good and it says no matter what happens next, nothing will ever separate me from God's love. So you know what? There's a lot of negative right now that I could be focused on. But why do that when I have so many reasons to praise God? I want you to join me and make a decision to be optimistic about this year, not because of we feel like it, but because of who God is and because of what his word says and for the truth and the promises that he has for me. Let's pray together, God. We're reminded every day, Jesus, that our hope is not in the things of this world. Because as we've seen over this past year, as we've seen, even in this past week, God, the world can fail us. Things will disappoint us. It will confuse us. And it will scare us at times. But God, we don't look to the things of this world to to save us or to give us life or to give us even meaning. God, we, we look to you. We look to our Savior. We look to our Redeemer. God, that's because you're the one that's working on our behalf. You're the one that gives us peace. You're the one that has saved us. You're the one that is with us all the time, that is always for us, that loves us no matter what. And because we serve a big God, because we serve you, we have every reason to remain optimistic about what you can do in our church, in our nation, and in our lives. So God, more than ever, right now, God, we just lean into you. We trust you above all. So please renew our minds and give us peace, that peace that comes from you. And we know, Jesus, that we can have a better future because you're already at work in our tomorrow. And God, we just thank you that even when the negativity is all around us, God, we can focus on you and we can trust that you're at work, that you're at work in every situation, no matter how hard or how difficult it may be. God, just help us to embrace the optimism that only you can provide. And God, Jesus, we just, we just pray that you would be with us. God, just be with our nation. Stir in us a desire to serve you And to live peacefully with our neighbors. May we, as your people in this great nation, God, may we just devote each day to you, our our Savior. Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, we pray these things in the name that is above all names. Amen. Amen.
1: My name is Jess Taylor and I am so excited about the RIDGES Women's Conference that's coming up on February 19th and 20th. So this past year has been quite different and your health is very important to us. So we are taking some precautions because of COVID-19. We will be taking temperatures, wearing masks, seating fewer people at tables, and providing individually packaged lunches and desserts. We look forward to fellowshipping with you and connecting with you and learning more about our God. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, what a great service. Even though it's easy to focus on the negative, there are many reasons that we can remain positive eight reasons from Romans 8 to be specific. Maybe look over these eight points and see which ones you can focus on this week. There are also some study questions at the end of the message notes if you want to check those out as well. We'd like to know that you're worshiping with us this morning, so please don't forget to fill out those connect cards. Also, you can leave your tithe and offering on the app as well. Thank y'all for being so, so generous. There's also a marriage retreat coming up. Our reengaged groups will be heading to the Marriott Grand National in Auburn the last weekend of January. There's more info from your group leaders coming soon on that. Also, there's going to be a women's retreat and the registration link can be found under the events section of our website. And our students are taking a ski trip in North Carolina this February, so stay tuned for more details on that as well. And finally, you can still drop off board games, puzzles, and movies for the foster girls at the Aunt Elizabeth Shepherd's home at the office. office. If you still have any questions about that, just let me know. And if you have any questions about the online community or the service, you can email me at say at the Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and I will see you guys next Sunday. Love you. want to say bye? Just say bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>